Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we talk to Dr. Dwayne Scotty for part two of the Common Running Injury Series. Today, we're talking all about runner's knee, how to fix it, and how to avoid it. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 24 of... The Marathon Training for Beginners Podcast by the Crummy Marathoners. Hey, hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome, friends. How are you feeling, Mo? We're like five days out from the marathon. Uh, um, I'm excited, but let's be real. I'm super nervous. So what's got you nervous about it? Uh, just... I'm just nervous to run over 20 miles and my leg is bothering me a little bit and I'm trying not to think about that. What part of your leg? My shin. Got a little bit of shin <laughs> shin pain going on and your back's hurting you. Yeah. Oh, another <laughs> thing I'm trying not to think about. I know it all comes at the end, but overall I feel like I've been very fortunate to be healthy during my training. So I I am excited, Harrison. I'm yeah, excited. You've, you've got like five-ish days to recover. And I, and I think that's really the beauty of the taper. Hopefully, fingers crossed, sending good vibes your way, it'll all kind of just work out the way that it needs to and, and you'll feel just 100%, 110% on race day. Thank you, sweetheart. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, it's still a little bit of kind of knee soreness, which is perfect because today we're talking about runner's knee. Mm, and, nice segue. Uh, my Achilles, the, the thing is, is... Um, Fingers crossed, but it's gone really, really well after I saw my PT mm-hmm. and uh, had some exercises that he prescribed to me, he talked to my coach. And so good news is that should not be an issue, but I'm going to I'm gonna take some precautions. I'm going to tape up with some KT tape the night before the marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling excited. I did some test runs at marathon pace. Everything's on track. So uh, we'll see. I know. I'm so excited. You're going to smash it. You're going to smash it, Mo. I think you're going to break the four-hour mark for your okay. first marathon. We're, we're just, we're going to finish. <laughs> All right. So, hey, guys, as promised, we are bringing you today part two of the Common Running Injuries series. And Woo-hoo! today we're talking all about 
runner's knee. I have a fun fact for you. Did you know that is the most common running injury? I did not. Yeah. I, same until I talked to Dwayne. And, uh, you know, he's just always out here dropping amazing knowledge. I know. I really didn't know that. The brilliance of Dwayne. Um, yes, we love Dwayne. And if you haven't listened to part one of the series, please do yourself a favor and go back and listen because Dwayne will reference some of what he talked about in this episode in yeah, that first one. Absolutely. And like we said in that first episode, even if you've never had this injury before, it's a super good idea to listen just so you can prevent the injury that we're talking about, mm-hmm. which today, of course, is runner's knee. Last episode, we talked about IT band syndrome. And then two weeks from now, we're going to talk about shin splints. Oh, of course, timing. <laughs> I know, the timing. It's a little off for Mo there. Oh, yes. But before we jump in, we, of course, want to plug our amazing sponsor. And I think you guys can guess who it is. That's right. That's right. It's Aftershocks. And, you know, we've loved having you all reach out to us telling how much you love your Aftershocks or you heard us talk about them, so you ordered them and how excited you are for them to come in. So um, we we know that you guys won't be disappointed. They're super amazing. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for giving us the support, but also giving this brand such great support because we truly believe that who we sponsor or who we work with, you know, we invest in quality and they are absolutely quality in their brand and their product, everything. So thank you guys so much. And we wanted to share something you might not have known about Aftershocks today. Here in Arizona, we have something called monsoon season. Monsoon season. It just sounds kind of intense. I know. It does, right? Well, some 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 people say habobs, haboob. Haboobs. Is it the same thing? Though? The haboob I, is the big dust storm. Yeah, I think they're, they are. I thought, if it's raining, I think it's the same thing. Okay. So monsoon season, basically for everyone listening who's never been to Arizona, is like when we get these crazy rainstorms. So like it's in the middle of the summer. One day it'll be 115 degrees. Mm-hmm. And the next second it's like downpouring rain for 10 minutes and then it stops. Yeah, it's so random, but it it's it's pretty incredible to watch. And I the one thing I will say that I've always loved about Arizona is the smell after the rain. After the rain. It's beautiful. It really is. There's something about the desert and I don't know, like the orange trees and Yeah, totally. Nature. <laughs> it, it is it is amazing. And and so if you're wearing the other guys headphones and you're going out for a run, it's a beautiful day, but then it starts pouring rain, mm. ooh, you might be out of luck. But oh, yeah. if you've got aftershocks, you're in luck. Yeah, the Aeropex model, which is what Harrison and I both have, those are the ones you see us sporting in our videos and our pictures, is rated IP67, which means that you can't swim with them, but you can run in heavy rain and you could even shower with them. Ooh. I'm not sure I'll be doing that anytime <laughs> that soon. That would be kind of fun. That might be kind of cool. Listen to your jams while you're showering. Oh, yeah. But I, I mean, they're not made for that, but you could if you wanted to. Um, I, and I just want to throw out there, guys, I just signed up for my first triathlon. My brother uh, Bryce and then my brother Bennett got excited. They're both doing it. Now we just got to get my other brother Bruce on board. Mm. Come on, Bruce, if you're listening. I think he's like our one brother who does listen to our show. So, <laughs> anyways, <And> man, Bruce. <laughs> I throw that out there because the triathlon, of course, has a swim in it, and uh, Aftershocks has a pair for swimming. So you could actually literally take in the pool. They're called X Trainers. So I'll probably be buying a pair of those just for the training portion of uh, this triathlon. But anyways, guys, uh, get yourself a pair of Aftershocks. Yeah, remember you can get. 15% off, yes, 15% off of your Aftershocks at aftershocks.com slash crummy marathoners. 
All right, guys, we promise we're done talking about headphones and music, even though Mo and I could literally have a podcast about music. Yes, it is true. And headphones. We, we're we not just saying this because they're sponsoring this. We actually really do love our headphones. And hope you, hopefully you learned a little bit today about Arizona and the oh, beautiful yeah. summer haboobs and monsoons. It's so weird to say. Anyway, okay. All right. Well, Harrison, I think it's time we jump in. All right. Here's Dwayne again. This is like the third time he's been on the podcast. The man. Here he is, the legend, Dwayne Scotty. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to this second part of this series with Dwayne Scotty. Dwayne, thank you so much for joining us again. Hey, Harrison. Thanks for having me again. I'm super excited to talk about runner's knee, the most common running-related injury out there. And everything we're going to talk about today is going to certainly, certainly help any of you frustrated runners out there who have been experiencing uh, this knee pain. Well, I just have one big question when it comes to runner's knee, and that is, do we often tie a lot of other knee injuries to runner's knee? In other words, runner's knee is taken the fall for a lot of different things because I think I've had runner's knee, but I can't know for sure. Yeah. So there are some different classifications out there, Harrison. When we when we talk about runner's knee, really what we're talking about is this condition that we call patellofemoral pain syndrome or PFP syndrome. Uh, basically what we're talking about is kneecap pain. And I think that's probably good to good place to start and differentiate. You know, we had talked about in part one, IT band syndrome, and that was very localized on the outside part of the knee. You will read in some places where everyone just kind of clumps everything together and they call IT band syndrome runner's knee. And really for our purposes, what we're going to talk about today is really this patellofemoral pain syndrome. And I know it's a lot of words. Um, I will simply refer to it as kneecap pain. And the other differentiator that I do want to throw out there is there are some that have what we call kneecap instability or patella instability. So the patella is your kneecap bone. Um, that's going to be slightly different to what we're going to talk about today. A lot of the things we're going to talk about today will actually help someone who has patella instability, but patella instability is usually more common in younger, middle school, high school aged females, um, usually the soccer players or any like lacrosse players doing cutting sports and their kneecap constantly slips out of place. So it has too much mobility. 
the majority of your listeners, honestly, um, us adult onset runners will have more of a patellofemoral pain syndrome, which is more the classic runner's knee that we're going to talk about today. Gotcha. And I see a lot of runners, they'll talk about getting a a knee pain kind of below the kneecap, uh, sometimes on the outside, sometimes directly below, but not actually on the kneecap. What would you call that? Oh, excellent. Yeah. So that is more patellar tendon pain or what we call patellar used to be called tendonitis. Now we call it tendinopathy uh, just because we know that it's usually not a result of inflammation. It's more of a chronic irritation of the tendon, but that could occur in some runners. Um, That's what most people refer to as jumper's knee. So that is most common in your jumping sports, right? So like basketball, volleyball players, um, gymnastics, that's very common, but you can have some runners that have pain and that's very localized. Like what we talked about in part one of IT band syndrome, where you point to the outside, you could put your finger on it. Patellar tendon pain, you can literally point to it. So you put your finger right on it, like you said, right below your kneecap, and that is patellar tendon pain. And that treatment will definitely be different than what we're going to talk about today. Okay, got it. I just want to make sure that nobody's confusing the two. So we're talking here, runner's knee right on the kneecap or kind of around the kneecap, right? Yes, absolutely. So this is more on the front of your kneecap. It's you cannot put your finger on it. Like most runners, when they say, you know, where, where do you have your pain? You're like, you just take your whole hand and you just kind of put it on the front of your knee because it feels like it's underneath your kneecap or it feels deep. You can't, it's not pinpoint. You're like, yeah, it's kind of under there. It's just in this general area. That's kind of how it feels. Um, And what is it, Harrison? It's really just the irritation of the cartilage on the undersurface of the kneecap. So under your kneecap, if you were to like take your kneecap off and flip it over, there's cartilage that lines that bone. And that cartilage can become irritated mainly due to usually due to kind of abnormal tracking, let's say. So if you think about your kneecap being the train on the tracks and the tracks are essentially your femur bone or your thigh bone, right? It's the longest bone in our body is your thigh bone and your kneecap sits on the track. And there could be a problem with the train. So the kneecap itself, but most likely what the research is now showing us is that it's more of a problem with the track itself, meaning your femur bone. And that doesn't mean you have a bone problem, but it's the alignment or the movement pattern of that femur bone, which is related to the hip muscles or below the knee at the foot and ankle. So poor foot and ankle alignment or weakness of your hip muscles will cause that track to kind of be misaligned, if you will. And then the train is now rubbing in an area that it's not really comfortable and used to rubbing and that causes irritation and then we feel pain. Gotcha. So I think a lot of people, when they think about the kneecap and this cartilage that you described, at least I do, I think about the more I run, the more this is grinding and it's grinding away the cartilage. And and that's why people, I think say running is bad for your knees, but can, can you debunk that? Or is there some truth to that? No, running is actually not bad for your knees. And this has been shown in the literature time and time again, Harrison. There are some large scale studies that actually show that runners have a less incidence 
of getting knee osteoarthritis or wearing away the cartilage, which will eventually lead to like a total knee replacement. So running actually does not cause cartilage. If anything, it actually protects our cartilage more because you're doing an exercise that actually nourishes the joints and it brings in fluid to the joints, which nourishes your cartilage. And over time, that actually keeps us healthier. So running is uh, definitely not bad for your knees. That is an old wives' tale, and it's like going outside without a coat will not cause a cold, right, or for you to get sick. Uh, running will not uh, cause your knees to get arthritis. Okay. All right. So I'm feeling better about that. I'm not grinding away my uh, my kneecaps here, but I do understand what you're saying. When you say the train and the train track, the way I'm understanding it is if your glutes are weak, you're kind of dropping your your hip the way that you shouldn't. And so then maybe your, your leg and your knee is kind of pointing inward rather than straight or outward, right? Is that, did I say that right? Or Absolutely. Man, Harrison, you are on your A game today. I love it. Yes. I'm ready to go to PT school here. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Indeed. And that was great that you said kind of your glutes. And this really goes back to part one. We were talking about what IT band syndrome and the importance of that side hip muscle and the gluteus medius. That muscle is super important for patellofemoral pain syndrome as well. But the other muscle, and the reason I'm going to emphasize this is because this, as well as the gluteus medius, is definitely not a muscle that anyone ever thinks about isolating. And these are your deep hip rotator muscles. They're the deeper, smaller hip muscles underneath your glute max. So that huge muscle, your butt muscle, underneath that muscle, there are these little small hip rotator muscles. The most common one that you might've heard of is your piriformis muscle. And that muscle, if it's weak and it's not being utilized, then that's going to cause your femur bone to roll inward and rotate inward. And that rotation inward, again, is going to cause that kneecap to kind of track abnormally. Interesting. Then let's talk about treatment because the, the pain seems to be pretty straightforward. Uh, it's kind of an achy pain, right? It, can it hurt to the touch a little bit? I don't know if we talked about that. Not really, honestly. It, it, it doesn't hurt to touch. And so there is no area like when you see a runner in the clinic, you know, we palpate the knee and we, you know, poke around. There's no specific area that's painful unless, you know, there's a test where we slide your kneecap under and we try to get up and under the kneecap and kind of palpate that cartilage or the joints underneath. And that could be irritable, but someone wouldn't do that on themselves. But the biggest thing is, you know, you have this condition if you get this achy pain that's just in the front of your kneecap area that increases when you go up and down stairs, when you kneel on the knee, when you squat, or when you get up from a low surface, especially when you've been sitting for a long period of time. So they actually used to call this like moviegoers knee when people used to actually go to movie theaters before Netflix and COVID. And yeah. you know, remember those times when you like sit in a movie for like three hours and then you go to get up and that increased the pain. So if you do have a desk job and you're at your computer grinding away all day and you're sitting in a low chair surface and then you get up and your knees feel achy right in the front of the kneecap, that's probably some irritation there and some patellofemoral symptoms. Um, that's really the pain that we're talking about. And with running, a lot of times runners won't necessarily feel this during a run unless on hills especially this one's going to be more going up hills. When we talked about IT band syndrome, we talked about going downhill 
And, you know, like IT band syndrome, most, you know, common on those hilly courses, or you do like a hilly, um, marathon or, you know, the infamous Boston, right. Is like a big decline. Yeah. That is a lot of overload to your IT band. If you're not training Hills and strengthening those side hip muscles. Gotcha. Okay. You're saying you're not really going to feel it a ton while you're running. You may feel it on some Hills, but really the aftermath, the achiness that you're going to feel when you're not running. Correct. And after the runs, it will kind of settle in there and then you sit for a while and you go to get up. It's painful. You do some squats. You might be trying to squat for strength training, right? We know how important strength training is for running and you're noticing pain with squatting now and you're not able to go as low and you get down on knees. Maybe you have um, young children at home and you got to pick up those toys, right? And you got to like kneel down or you're doing some gardening in the yard and you got to get down on your knees and you're like, oh man, this hurts my knees. My knees are achy. That's some patellofemoral symptoms that are starting. I know that feeling about when you talk about picking up the kids' toys or even picking up the kids, you know, I know that yeah. all well. Let's talk about recovering from this injury. You, you know, you already pointed to the specific muscles that we need to work on, but what are some of the strength training that we can do? And beyond strength training, is there anything else we should be doing? Well, the good thing about this condition, Harrison, is just like IT band syndrome, there is no surgery. If you do have too much mobility, so that patellar instability, there is a surgical procedure that an orthopedic surgeon will do like a stabilization procedure. But again, most of the folks who are listening to this, there really is not a surgery and this will get better with the steps we're going to talk about. And it usually doesn't take that long. So the good news, again, if you have this uh, injury you are going to feel much better than your running friends who have plantar fasciitis or your running friends that have Achilles tendon pain or high hamstring tendon pain because this is not a tendon problem. We know that tendons take longer than other injuries to heal. So this honestly should heal up within a couple of weeks if you implement the strategies we're going to talk about, um, if not months. So if you've had it for months, then it's going to take a couple of months to really go away. But if it's only been happening for a couple of weeks now, then this is going to go away fairly quickly. This is not one of those things that takes six to 12 months to wind up healing. So that's a good thing. And the real key, Harrison, is getting down to the root cause of the pain. Is it hip weakness or is it foot and ankle structure? Meaning most commonly that over pronation. So some of you might've heard the term pronation. Now, first off, let me just kind of state this is that pronation is a normal motion of our foot and ankle. Some people, however, might have what we call over pronation and you might have a flatter foot type. So your arches might be more collapsed. You might've heard that before. Maybe if you went to your running uh, store, your local shoe store, they might've put you in a stability shoe, right? Because you have flatter arches. So if you are that person that overpronates, with that overpronation, your knee dips inward, like you were talking about before, Harrison, and that can lead to that irritation. So you may need to consider on, should I be limiting the amount of pronation or how do I kind of prevent too much pronation. So do I do it through shoes? Do I do it through over-the-counter foot orthotics, arch supports, or strengthening the deep intrinsic foot muscles? So those are all different strategies to control that. But honestly, for most of the folks I see with this condition, we can address that by strengthening your 
hip muscles that acts as your anti-pronation muscle. So the hip rotators that we were talking about before, if you strengthen them enough, you're going to actually prevent that pronation motion from occurring down at your foot if you take care of it from up above. Interesting. So that's why those external rotators are super important to really implement for treatment as well as quad strengthening. Gotcha. I want to back up for just a real quick second. Is Can you remind me, pronation, that's where you're kind of going on the insides of your feet? Correct. Yeah. So you might land on the outside part of your heel hard. You might like wear away that part of your sneaker, but then you wind up flipping over quickly to the front part of your big toe. And you might really know that you're an overpronator if you have a big callus on the inside part of your big toe. We call that pinch callus. And you might have a big whopping callus not underneath your first uh, toe joint. So like underneath the ball of your first toe, but you have a big callus under your second, third, and fourth toes. Those are kind of signs that you could be a runner who pronates a lot with your running. Okay. And then what's the other one where you're landing on the outside of your feet? So that's called kind of supination. So that would be someone who's got an extremely high arch So that's like what we like to call your chandelier shaker. So you walk around your hardwood floors and you're not sneaking up on anyone. People can hear you from like a mile away. Um, You're not sneaking up on anyone. The pronator, the flat foot, the pancake foot, if you will, is like a ninja. You can like walk around your house and no one hears you coming. Gotcha. Okay. So we've got to correct that pronation uh, because that's likely the cause of the runner's knee that we're experiencing or... To your point, we just got to strengthen those hip muscles to to then be able to to ensure that our our knees aren't dipping in, right? Absolutely, and that's where you know it is. There is some debate, just so you know, and your listeners know, on how much of pronation you should correct. I definitely err on the side of less is more. In my runners, in the beginning of my career, I used to correct everyone, and I used to actually fit people for custom foot orthotics. I was a custom foot orthotic wearer for many, many, many years and have run in custom foot orthotics and have actually gradually, gradually, I emphasize that point, weaned myself out to now using over-the-counter super feet uh, orthotics, which, again... It's all a matter of some pronation's good. If you block everything, then that's not normal mechanics of running either. So you can address a lot of these issues, like with a lot of the injured runners I help, is taking care of the hip muscles. And a lot of the problems down below will actually take care of themselves. So what are some of those exercises that we can do? Yeah, so your standard... um, kind of external rotator exercise that many of you may have heard about is like the clamshell where you're lying on your side, your knees are bent to about halfway up. They're not in line with your hips, but they're at like a 45 degree angle and you rotate your knee up to the ceiling, almost like a clam opening up. Uh, That's the standard clamshell exercise, which is a great activation exercise for the hip rotators, but it's only a starting point. It's just to teach someone how to feel that deep butt muscle working. And then we quickly progress um, to using a band to add resistance. And then this is honestly, Harrison, I don't see a lot of people in even the running world actually do this. And I'm kind of happy and proud, honestly, of with 
kind of working with the runners that I've worked with and kind of built into our healthy runner strength program is standing progressions of these muscles. So I've actually designed a couple of custom exercises from just trial and error doing them myself in the gym uh, with a mini band of how to activate those muscles in standing because it's great to be able to do it lying down in a clamshell, but when you run, you're standing and the demands of your muscles are different. And we need to teach you how to activate those muscles while you're standing and while you're on one leg. So there are a series of progressions. Um, I simply call them taps and circles because that's what they look like. You're tapping your leg out to the side. You have a mini band around your knees. And the key to this is you're really focusing on keeping the center of the kneecap straight over your second toe and not letting that kneecap dip inward. And, and that's how you activate those deep hip rotator muscles. And if you want, you know, within the um, PDF of today's talk, I will link all of these exercises I'm talking about. Um, they're available on my YouTube channel, and I'm happy to share them with you guys because these are super important. And again, they're not easily found, honestly, out there uh, within the running world. And I, these are seriously a game changer in many of the runners that I've seen with runner's knee. Well, I can't wait to see those videos. And just if you're tuning into this episode and you haven't heard the last episode, go back and, and tune in at least to the beginning part where Dwayne talks about the PDF that he's sharing. So we'll have that available for you uh, in the show notes for this episode as well. But um, okay, so you gave us a couple of really great exercises. Is there anything else we should be aware of? Any other exercises that that we really want to be making sure that we're doing to fix runner's knee? Um, the other big muscle group, Harrison, is quad strengthening. The hard part about quad strengthening for those that have this pain is it's usually painful to squat. So the squat is a good exercise for your glutes and your quads, but it's usually painful. So the trick to actually rehabbing someone from this injury is to strengthen the quads in with specific exercises that are not increasing pain. So there are some common ones that I like to give um, runners with this. Um, we call this like terminal knee extension that you can isolate the quads, usually in a pain-free position, as well as doing some like side step-ups. And it's all about the angle of your knee and making sure that your kneecap is not traveling in front of your toes. And usually if you bend more from your hip joint, when you do these specific exercises, then that will ensure that you don't have an increase in pain because the whole goal is to strengthen your quads. And how do you actually get your quads stronger? We do that through inhibition of pain. If you're actually having pain while doing the exercises, that actually inhibits your muscles from getting stronger. So you definitely don't want to push through it. This is not one of those syndromes where it's like no pain, no gain. You know, I heard I need to strengthen my quads and I'm just going to go for it no matter how painful it is because that pain you're feeling is causing your body to actually inhibit the quads from contracting and then you're going to further compensate and feed into your muscle imbalances. Gotcha. Well, lots of knowledge you're dropping on us here, Dwayne. Um, if I'm a runner who has not yet had a runner's knee, does any of this matter to me? Should I be doing some of these exercises or can I just skip on to the next episode? Um, no, absolutely. Because honestly, this is the most common running related injury out there. So at some point, um, if you're listening to this, most likely you are going to experience runner's knee and we all experience it in different ways. I felt it. This one I've actually 
you know, had in the beginning of my running career. But, you know, in the past two years, there was probably like two or three days where I felt runners knee symptoms and I identified them early. I modified my training. Um, the key is you don't need to stop running. And, you know, the other common myth uh, to this, Harrison, is most runners will feel knee pain and they think that um, a knee brace is going to help them. Right. And they might go to their local pharmacy and get a knee sleeve. Uh, do not do that whatsoever because that is actually going to probably make the condition worse um, because you're going to actually get in inhibition of your muscles that need to get stronger. So there was actually a huge um, review of the treatment of patellofemoral pain syndrome within our PT literature that came out as like clinical practice guidelines. So it synthesizes all the research out there and all of the treatments out there. And it definitively has stated that a brace will not help and you will get as much relief if you actually just put a piece of tape on your skin. Um, so whether or not you want to consider doing some kinesio taping, if I have a runner who has a lot of irritability, their pain levels are a little higher and they have a big goal race in a week or two, or maybe three, then I will do kinesio taping because we know that that will provide pain relief. Again, it will not correct the causative factors, but it could make them feel more comfortable so they can continue running and training and finish out their training program as they start to build in these strengthening exercises that we talked about. But you definitely do not need to stop running if you have runner's knee. So if you've been told, hey, it's called runner's knee, like running caused you to have this pain. No, that's not really true that you need to stop running. You might need to modify your running plan a little bit. And this one, honestly, slight modifications. If you're doing speed work, let's take the speed work out for a week. So if you're doing intervals around the track, if you're doing tempo runs, let's, I'll tell my runners, let's hold off for this week. You're going to start doing these exercises. Those are the, pretty much the ones we talked about, Harrison. And then your long run, I know you've been doing eight or you've been doing 10 on the weekends. Let's cut those back by two miles. So either have them do six or have them do eight. And then most likely that will result in a 50% reduction in symptoms in that week. And you know you're on the right track. And then the following week, you might even be able to ramp back up a little bit, start to add in speed work, maybe not as hard of an effort session, not as many repeats as they were doing if they were doing intervals and you're kind of monitoring the symptoms. And what you're going to see is you implement the strategies that were the root cause of why they had pain. And you're going to get back to running like you were in, honestly, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So this is actually from like a physical therapy perspective, pretty easy and simple to treat as long as you really do the strengthening exercises that we talked about. Well, very well said and, and very well done, Dwayne. Everybody check out this PDF that we're going to share here in the show notes. And uh, next time we're going to talk about one that I know you've probably experienced or you know somebody who has shin splints. Uh, but thanks again, Dwayne, for joining us and fantastic job talking about runner's knee here. As always, Harrison, this was fun. Thanks again for having me. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this friendly journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, 
Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.